This is Fantasy Reboot Podcast, where me and my friends attempt to recast some of the world's favourite films. Here's how it works. We'll choose various characters and all suggest actors to play those parts. We'll then discuss, argue and possibly murder each other until a decision is made. At the end of each recording, we'll open it up to you via our Twitter account, at Fantasy Reboot. You can email us, fantasyreboot at gmail.com. If you're not already liking and subscribing, please do. Give us a five-star rating. We love that. On with the show. Hello, everybody. Merry Christmas again. Happy December. Whenever you're listening to this, wherever you listen to it, it's uh, Simon, it's Laura. Hello. Leo. Hello. Rog. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do the results of Die Hard. So, Laura, you're the uh, hostess with the mostest. What you got? Okay, so our first character was Carl, originally played by Alexander Gudunov. I think I've said that right. Mm. In it's he- good enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Rog, that dear. was early. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right, so uh, Carl. Unusually, we went with Roger's choice. Yes. Uh, Dead right too. Ha- the mountain. Oh, yeah. Haftor Bjornsson. Yep. Um, we were quite split in here. I think, Leo and Rog, you both kind of went for big giants of guys. Mm. Yep. And Simon, we kind of went for like weeds, more, like deeper. Hardly a weed. Well, yeah, but more Emotional. chiselled, more chiselled. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, deeper actors, I'd say. Uh huh. Anyway, the public disagreed with you, Raj. What a surprise! And <laughs> Don't they like put it. you I'm out already in last place. Yep. <laughs> but I think that's because Standard. A is impossible to Google because the third letter of his name is not on any standard it's a keyboard. Funny F, yeah. Yeah. It's like the upside down B backwards three S or something. Uh, yes, yeah. it is. And you know, how do you Google that? Good point. No offense. I'm, you know, I'm sure over there. I'm blaming Google. Not Where's he from? Iceland. Their keyboards on the computers must well, be six feet wide. Massive. <laughs> big All right. Roll, big rollout keyboard. How many percent did Roger get well, them? He didn't get zero. Oh, that's oh. a surprise. You got six percent, Roger. Mm-hmm. Wow. I was in third Standard. place with Sean Harris for 11%. I love him. Leo, you were second oh. with 12%, so it was close. And what you, did, who did you go for, Leo? Jason Momoa. And the public surprise prize went with Simon's choice of Nikolai... Nikolai from uh, Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Very popular. Not bad. 71%. That's, that's high. 71%. most we've ever had. Yeah. All right, next character. Okay, we had Sergeant Al Pau, originally played by Reginald Val Johnson. Uh, all good suggestions in here. Leo went with Dave Chappelle. Uh, Roger, Danny McBride. Simon, you went with a gender swap. You went with Leslie Jones. And I went with Ice Cube. They all look good on the pictures. Yeah. We, we all liked your suggestion of Leslie uh, Jones in here. And the public agreed. Oh. They gave her 58%. Mm. Ice Cube second with 32%, and Liam Rodge, you came joint third with 5%. Or oh, last, Rogers, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joint third, last. It's a nice way to put frame it. I mean, it's not a grand slam last because Leo came last yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Uh, next, we had Holly, who was originally played by Bonnie Bed- Bedelia. I saw a picture of her. When I was Googling for pictures, I saw the side-by-side side of what she looks like now. I love it. It's nice, that. Yeah, it's nice. Hard to describe on a podcast. <laughs> she looks 30 years older. <laughs> yeah, Funny still looks like her, but... Yeah, 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 yeah. In here, we went with my suggestion of Jessica Ch- Chastain. 
Everybody seemed happy with this, I think. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, the public put her in second with 36%. And just pipping me was your choice, Simon, with 37%. Drew Barrymore. Yeah. I'm happy with that. You were quite convinced of that one, weren't you? When uh, Everybody likes Drew Barrymore. Oh, yeah. Mm. And she's just got that look, and she's got, I think she could have done it, yeah. But I love Jessica Chastain as well. How did these guys get on? Bad. Do you want to know? <laughs> Leo, you were third with Zoe Kravitz, oh. 16%. And Rod, guess what? Zero. No. Oh. But you're last. <laughs> Tiffany Haddish, 11%. I mean, it's my strongest score of the week. Yes, it's good. yes, it is. <laughs> it's double figures. Yeah. Next up, Hans Gruber, originally played by the wonderful Alan Rickman. Uh, in here, a lot of discussion, uh, but Leo and Simon, you had double trouble with Mads Mickelson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the decision was out of our hands. Not bad. The public <laughs> agreed with you guys, right. and they put him first with seventy-four percent. So, which is really there's only three people in this yeah. one, obviously, but it's still a high. So that's a yeah, high vote. Yeah, yeah. and he looks. Yeah, he's got a real. I, I saw the beginning of Casino Royale the other day. Uh, watched the start of it again, up until when he's in it, and he's got a great look. He would be a great Hans Gruber. Mm. Yeah, I can see it. And you and Roger, how did you get on? Well, I went with Michael Fassbender, and he got twenty twenty one percent. Right, narrows it down. There's, five. There's not a lot of percent left. Not a no. lot of percent left. Seventy and a twenty. No, Peter Dinklage, Roger, your choice, five percent. I actually quite like that. I He'd would love so to see him good. do it. Yes, he would have been good though. That first first scene where they're in, where he's walking through the party, swung it for me. Yeah, but yeah. it's alright. If the public aren't on my wavelength, uh, band they are not. Never going to be. There's one place they are not. <laughs> it's on your <laughs> wavelength. That's four in a row for you, Simon. Back on phone, because I had a bad week last week with the public. Did you? I, had, I think I had a bit of a dip. Right, as in you only got four. Well, it wasn't me best. <laughs> <laughs> right, last one. Uh, leading character, John McClane, originally played by Bruce Willis, of course. McClane. Oh, this was an argument. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. An argument about it. I don't, I could, I I don't, don't know if you remember this. Tom Cruise. Yeah. Tiny Tom. Oh, we did go big <laughs> on Tiny Tom Cruise. Yep. Right, well, should we see what the public said? Oh, listen to that voice. They've gone Tom Cruise, did they? <laughs> listen to the voice. Um, again, I think it was quite mixed. I think Simon and I, we both kind of went for what we considered more, I would say, fit people. Whereas yeah. you guys said you were going more for like a, a dad, a dad. An everyman. A dad bod. Yeah. yeah, a dad bod. And then the vote was a four-way split. It went to the Oracle. Mm-hmm. Yes, it did. Okay, so... Who are, by the way, I've also had arguments with this week. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. The Oracle did explain why she uh, went with who she did last mm-hmm. week. She, she went with Donald Glover. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Leo's suggestion. So Leo won uh, with the, uh, after the four-way no, split. No, no, no. Yeah. No, I didn't. Was Donald, it not? Donald Glover was mine. Oh, yeah. sorry, Rog. Yeah, so it was... Yeah. I've got to take every single victory <laughs> that I get, so... Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it was Donald Glover. <laughs> um, In studio. In the yeah, studio. in the studio. Yeah. yeah, the public. Well, they disagreed, and they. What did he get? What percent did he get? Give me his percent. Donald Glover, thirty-eight percent. Well done, Rog. On a on a normal week, I'd win. Thirty-eight <laughs> percent. They went with 
Simon's Choice of Mark Wahlberg. Oh, <laughs> I forgot. I sit shrugging as she's reading these because I can't remember week on week <laughs> who I've said. But yeah, so Mark... 57%, so that's five out of five for you. Three. It's with with a double better. trouble, it's not a Grand Slam. Yeah, it's it, a Wimbledon. It's so, so bitter. Uh, that's, not, that's only leaving 5% here. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Okay. Please tell me Tom Cruise got zero. I mean, so, Leo, hit. you were third place. Happy third. Christmas! With... Five percent. Who did you say? Bill Hader. I'm surprised he got anything. Yeah, his picture weren't a great John McClane picture on IMDb either. And I cannot believe it. I am. I can. Tom Cruise, tiny Tom Cruise. Zero. It is an awful choice. No. I'll absolutely. Don't start off, please. We've got to get through another podcast today. I still stand by that decision. I can't believe it. Is that your? You don't get zero very often, do you? Do you? I think that's my first ever zero. First ever zero. Dreadful year, but that's made it for me. me And and you know, when I saw (laughs) this, when I saw it was zero, I just thought. Oh, Roger and Leo are going to be a nightmare. Did you go all Trump on it? Did you expect a recount? <laughs> she refuses to accept it. <laughs> She's not leaving that vote. The, the only good thing is that oh, yes. Mark Wahlberg won and he was the choice I went for in the studio. So mm, I'm yeah. happy with... Because I feel like we had a similar idea in mind. There was a bit of a Berlin Wall between down yeah, this bit on, of studio. On, uh, as much as I love Mark Wahlberg, I couldn't... I, I, I thought could, the other two were He better. could do it, though. Um, so... Do you want the overall results? Yeah, go on then. No. Rog and myself, <laughs> zero. Yes. It's just, it's, it's just for this week. Just for this one. Right, okay. Leo, one point, and Simon, you got five. Well played, Leo. Let me, let me tell you now where we're at. In the studio, Simon, you're on 12 points. You're last in the studio. Uh, from all these weeks, I've yeah. only got 12. Yeah, Roger Mate. is on 13 pl- uh, points. You're <laughs> beating me in this competition. <laughs> It's mad, eh? Leo, I need to go back and listen. <laughs> Leo's in second with 17 points. Wow. Quite a bit ahead there, Leo. And I'm still in the lead with 22 points. For the public, Roger currently has six votes. Leo has... How? There's not even been... There's, there's been much more than six podcasts. Uh, yeah. It's not even one per podcast. It might be like when we've had double troubles and things. I don't think he's actually... Has he yeah. Been? I'm not sure if he's actually won an outright. Don't all count. Oh, I don't think he has. Leo, 11 points. I've got 17. And Simon, you're way out in front with 28 votes in the public. I'm Roger Potterer. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. It's made that up. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm in the end. So 11 in front of the nearest. Yeah. Oh, that's decent. You're not catching me in series which means, one. Which means more to you, the studio or the public? The public is... You know when you get a posthumous award, when somebody gets a posthumous yeah, award, yeah. but what that means is they never they never knew about it. Like that thing they always say about Van Gogh, he only saw one painting in his life. Yeah. So it's all right now that everybody thinks he's brilliant, but during his life he felt like a failure. Everyone thought he was he felt like everyone thought he was rubbish. And yeah. within the room, I leave here after a recording feeling a bit flat. And it feels like a posthumous the public feels like a posthumous thing. And the public are only going on the IMDb pictures. They're not hearing my impassioned pleas and <laughs> and arguments. Failed arguments. So I'm not winning on merit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hate to say it. You know, it's a very bitter gold medal, that. But it's gold. At least you get a medal. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's results of Die Hard, which is... Podcast number nine, first Christmas podcast. Uh, today we're going to be doing our second Christmas film. But first, 
Here's our voicemail messages. If you want to send us a voicemail message, fantasyreboot at gmail.com. Contact us on Twitter at fantasyreboot about any films we're doing. Here are the messages we got for Die Hard. Strap in. These go on for hours. You have 12 new messages. I think the problem you've got with Die Hard is that Bruce Willis was so out of left field, no one saw it coming, so you'd need to cast someone from TV, maybe like a Milo Ventimiglia from This Is Us or anyone from Game of Thrones, I guess. Rico Rodriguez, glorious son from Modern Family. No one will see it come in, completely unpredictable, just like Bruce Willis and Dyad, and then you've got to massively overpay him as well. So I was thinking for Hans Gruber, the head villain, Michael Fassbender would probably be really good. And then the blonde-haired baddie, Carl, I thought the guy who plays Bjorn in Vikings, I think it's Alexander Ludwig, I think he'd be brilliant. And then, of course, John McClane would have to be Chris Pratt. Rog, you would be Richard Thornburg, the reporter, because he works in media, and so do you. And nobody really likes him. For the role of Hans Gruber, I'm going with Edward Norton. He's played many a bad guy in the past, with his roles in Primal Fear, American History X, The Italian Job, etc. And for the role of John McClane, I'm going with Jason Statham, who's played many a leading role in action thrillers. These are my picks for the best Christmas film ever. My pick for Carl is Michael Bolton. That 80s hairdo is just Carl to a T. My pick for Holly is Claudia Winkleman. Really, really annoying and stupid hair. My pick for Hans is Tom Hiddleston. Looks good in a suit. Plays a really good bad guy. I think he'd do Alan Rickman proud. Pick for Powell is Morgan Freeman. Just hearing that voice on the end of a radio would calm anybody down. And our pick for John McClane is Tom Hardy. It's Monty here from sunny Barnard Castle in the UK. For John, I've gone for Jason Statham. For Hans, I've gone for Stellan Skarsgård. For Holly, good old Meg Ryan. For Sergeant Al, I've gone for Lenny Henry. And for Carl, I've gone for Caitlyn Jenner. Hi there, it's uh, Lloyd calling you from Bucharest. So, here are my picks for Die Hard. Uh, for Carl, I'd have Jason Statham. For Sergeant Powell, I'd have John Boyega. Holly, I'd go for Zoe Zondana. Hans Gruber, Benedict Cumberbatch. And for John McClane, Chris Pine. I reckon for the baddie, for Hans Gruber, I'd be picking Christopher Waltz. And for John McClane, look, if you want the job done right, you've got to pick an Aussie, Chris Hemsworth. Come out to the coast, they said. It'll be fun, they said. Perfect. Hi, Fantasy Rebooters. Kevin here. My two choices for the Fantasy Reboot of Die Hard. Uh, for Sergeant Powell, I'm going to go with a slight gender reversal here. It's just a trend these days. I'm going to go with Hillary Swank for that one. And for Hans Gruber, clearly the most interesting role. Yeah, I think there's only one man who could do that role that he's acting today, and that's Christoph Waltz. I don't know if anybody's asking the question, but yes, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Sergeant Powell, Craig Robinson, who you'd recognise from absolutely everything. Hans Gruber, and I think one of you has said this, Mads Mikkelsen. I just can't get past it. I tried to think of one of my own, but I just can't get past it. And John McClane, and you might criticise me for this one, but I think it'd be great. Ryan Reynolds. 
High Fantasy Reboot, Elstab from Newcastle here. So for Die Hard, I'm going to choose actors in honour of Bruce Willis's hairline. So for Carl, I'm going to go with The Rock. Sergeant Al would be J.K. Simmons. Holly would be Sinead O'Connor. Hans would have to be Patrick Stewart. And John McClane, the man himself, would be played by Jason Statham. Season's greetings, fancy reboot team. Newfound respect for what you do, always thought it was very easy, and then actually when I tried to do it myself, I had no idea. Uh, the only thing I'm happy with is Carl can be Jason Momoa. Other than that, I think we'll go with uh, John McClane, Santa, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer as Holly, uh, Sergeant Powell as Frosty the Snowman, and the evil bad guy can be the Easter Bunny, I assume. Merry Christmas. End of messages. So there you go. Jason Statham got a lot of love. In it. And I quite like that. I but he was in a couple of roles. He was in Carl and in, and in uh, John. I yeah. can see him as John because he's buff and fit, you know. Mm. Nope. <laughs> uh, and um, what's the old uh, Claudia Winkleman thing? I have got the Claudia Winkleman hair. You are. No, you've got the uh, you're the Claudia Winkleman of the podcast, aren't you? Well, and the test daily, but. <laughs> um, so thank you for all your calls and keep them coming in. And we're going to get on with today's film. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is a 1989 family Christmas film with some of the most iconic scenes of any fe- What's up with you? Player again. Player, because the second word in this is <laughs> magic. All right. Happy Christmas. <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas <laughs> Vacation is a ninth. 19- I missed it first time, right? I love it. Me and Leo just. We didn't realise the mics were on. Here we go. <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is a 1989 family Christmas film with some of the most iconic scenes of any festive film, starring Chevy Chase at his very best as Clark W. Griswold. A man just trying to give his family a great traditional Christmas holiday, but messing it up at every turn. It's the hap hap happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap danced with Danny f***ing K. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, magic. A bit of a throwback here, if you listen to the earlier ones. She couldn't say platoon either. Could she not say words? They've got double O's in. <laughs> she just emphasised it. Lampoon. Another highlight was Bubba. Fabulous <laughs> stuff. So we are doing for our second Christmas special, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, a change to our advertised film because we were going to do Elf. Yeah. And I thought uh, when we talked about it, it was a bit new, but I thought, yeah, we'll let it in. We've got a, a year 2000 cut off in Elf's 2003. Yeah. And then you watched it the other day, right, Rog? I did. I watched it for the purposes of research and it was just too hard to cast. Because They're we think... too current. Yeah. Everyone who's in it could still be in it. Yeah. We were saying Zoe Deschanel has yeah. not aged a day since no. that film was made. The only person who's aged is probably the little kid, his brother. Yeah. You know, he's probably 25 yeah. now. Yeah. And, and and he wasn't one of the characters we were going for. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it was just... It was too hard. Will still playing the same part. Exactly. Yeah, he exactly. could have done it, yeah. couldn't he? Um, so, but he's refused to do a second one. Mad. Flat refused to do one, which is such a shame because it was great. Um, so it got the boot, which opened the door for my money, one of the best Christmas films yeah, of all time. I actually think it's a better film. It sounds good. I think it's better than Elf. I think National Lampoon is the best Christmas comedy. It's the, For me, it's the comedy version of It's a Wonderful Life. Just a man just trying to celebrate Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Love it. I, I think, I can't remember it coming out. 
I can't remember being, no, at, uh, being at the cinema. No. And I thought it was a lot older than it was for some reason. It's just one of them films that always seems to have been around, which is weird because pretty much half my life it wasn't, which is yeah, weird. Yeah. You know, but uh, we've all watched it again since, right? And yep. uh, we have, yeah. Really does hold up. Shall we get on with some facts? Let's. Oh, yes. Let's do some Christmassy facts about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. First fact being, when you search for it on IMDb, it's not even called that. It's called something like National Lampoon's Winter Holiday. Is, Is it? it? I, think, I don't know which whether they changed it to that. I don't know if it's one of them religious things or what. Mm. Oh, but yeah. it's not on there as National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Good fact. Which begs the question... Because the whole song in it is Christmas Vacation. Yeah. So what did they do with that? Yeah. Bizarre. Give me some facts, guys. Hit me with some facts. Ellen, when the police bombard into the house, yeah. she grabbed onto Clark's crotch, and that wasn't in the script. She just did it, and, yeah, so she's got a hand over his bits. She didn't tell anyone about it. Yeah. She just, she, well, except Chevy Chase, she warned him. And they shot it something like eight times and no one said anything, so it stayed in the film. <laughs> it's such a weird Easter egg. I had to rewind the film. I just watched it last night. Mm. And I thought, has she got... How, how's that happened? Have I missed something? And there's no reference to it. There's nothing. I just grabbed no, his no, crotch. It's actually really clear when you, yeah, yeah, when yeah. you know when that Once fact. you've seen it, can't unsee it. <laughs> when Clark loses the plot after failing to get his house lights working, he smashes the garden ornaments and he broke his finger. Chevy Chase breaks his finger punching Santa. So then straight after that, he starts kicking all the ornaments and they left it, they did it in one take, so they left it in. Yeah. And, uh, but you do see that happen. Yeah. Yeah. He broke his fist? He broke his finger punching oh. Santa. His pinky. So then he had to, <laughs> to carry on filming, he couldn't punch anything else, so he started kicking them all down. Oh, right, right, okay. Yeah. It never actually came out in the UK in the cinemas, just went straight to video. Which is why we never remember oh, that. Because yeah. that'd have been, what, seven, eight? Mm. That makes sense. Thank you, Leo. It's the only vacation film not to feature Lindsay Buckingham's song, Holiday Road, which we play in the car every time we go on holiday. So good. It, it's a, We have it on, if we get the hire car, wherever we're going, that song is on the stereo to let us know that we are on holiday. And do you all sing like they do in the beginning of the film, sing along together? Yes. Do you? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. That's so good. It's so good how the kids are yeah. just not joining in. Fa la la la. <laughs> and that's the only scene that's filmed on location. Everything else is filmed on the street or yeah. in the house. Yeah. It's quite it's a really small film when you think about it. And speaking of the house, it's the same house on the Warner Brothers lot as the house in Lethal Weapon. They have a an awful sequel to this film that barely anyone's seen. It's called National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation to Cuddy, uh, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. And Cousin Eddie is the main character. And is it... It's, it's the actual Randy guy. Quaid? Yeah. yeah. I saw the poster for it, but it, even the poster looks bad. <laughs> That's mad. I don't even know about it's that. It has to be one of the worst films. Yeah. Is it? Cousin Eddie was a surprise hit, wasn't he? They'd written this funny character, but a lot of Quaid's lines are improvised, and he became a star in the film, or he became the star of the film, and that's why they did the sequel, I guess. He's not leading man, though. No, he's not leading no, man, you're right, yeah. you're right. And it's became, uh, the dis the decorations on the house became a uh, parlance in Australia initially, apparently, but then in England and stuff. And we did it growing up. Whenever you saw a house that had too many decorations on, you'd say it's the Griswold house. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it, it's become, a, but the problem now is everybody puts a lot of decorations up. You see, I remember being a kid and I knew where the houses were that did it. 
Yeah. So yeah. I'd be here. excited to drive past them Absolutely. and we'd say, it's the Griswold House, you know. Yeah. Uh, now, of course. But yeah, it's become a, a little saying when you see one. The like squirrel it. scene took eight weeks to shoot, all in all. And um, the trained squirrel died just before shooting. <laughs> it's actually a wild one in the movie. Which eight made, weeks? Eight weeks, all in all, yeah. I mean... Some of the greatest films by some of the greatest directors <laughs> yeah, totally. have not even took that long to film. Exactly. And at what point? Like, if you were on set with Scorsese and you'd be like, he's been doing this for weeks, this scene, <laughs> but it's Scorsese. But filming a squirrel <laughs> a around rodent. the room. Oh. <laughs> what must that have added to the budget? <laughs> Talking of uh, disasters, when Uncle Lewis, and I forgot to watch this bit, uh, Uncle Lewis and Aunt Bethany, that when they show up, apparently there was a real-life um, earthquake and the cam- you, you can see the camera shaking. Whoa. But I forgot to watch it, so I'll have to go back and watch that. So, yeah, apparently you can just about see the camera shakes. And Aunt Bethany, she was the voice of Betty Boop and Olive Oil. Going back to the budget, the weird animation scene that you see at, uh, of Santa not lasting Christmas night nearly didn't happen. Warner Brothers said they didn't want to put the money up. The director, uh, Jeremiah S. Chechnik, um, made a really rubbish black and white opening credit sequence, which was we had a really hard to understand Jamaican singing. You couldn't understand what he was right. singing, singing a Christmas song. And Warner Brothers said, "All right, we'll give you the money." Um, so they brought a team of animators in, and Chechik gave them the creative license. So he's got no influence on the animation. He just wanted an animated opening, and so they down at the pub brainstormed this thing of Santa not making it through Christmas night, which is why the animation doesn't quite fit with the film, although it's. You know, it does it justice. And it feels like, it, when you watch it as an adult, it feels like it goes on forever. But as a kid, the opening titles of the Pink Panther films used to be like yeah, that. Yeah, and yeah. it used to be great to see them. Absolutely. I think it's a, it's almost like what Pixar does now with their little... Exactly, yeah. You know, it's additional like the Grease intro. Yeah. I mean, the Grease intro yeah. is great. Yeah, yeah, true. It doesn't seem to fit the film at all. Nope. The scene with the cats, we've done the squirrel, the cat getting electrocuted was almost cut out by execs during testing. Uh, but the test audiences said it was the funniest scene in the film. It came out as the number one scene in the film. Do you know who did the score for this film? No. It's Angelo Badalamenti, no. who did the Twin Peaks music and has done collaboration with David Lynch. He did the score for National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> and they wanted what? him because they wanted somebody who'd never done comedy before. Yeah, which yeah. Which is so mad to think that he did it because he's so good. Ah, oh, nice. That's great, isn't Nice it? move. Yeah, very good. Um... It's a Wonderful Life. It's got a few uh, references. Few nods. Yeah. In the, at the beginning of the film, uh, the son is watching it on TV. And apparently, uh, the one, It's a Wonderful Life producer, Frank Capra's grandson, Frank Capra 3, is the assistant director on this film. Is he the one in 3D? Frank Capra 3. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, this is a great one. Despite being a Christmas film, Christmas Day never comes. It ends on Christmas Eve, oh, yeah. which I think is a great fact yeah. for such a great Christmas film. All right, well, there you go. Um, I totally rate this as a film. I think it's one of the best Christmas films Yep, for me. I want to watch it again now and, and look at all the uh, little bits that we've it's said. Yeah. Good bits. And when you said there about him watching It's a Wonderful Life at the beginning, it made me quite sad because he's laid on his own. Is it Rusty, the son, watching It's a Wonderful Life? And I'm thinking, that's not how that film. But then I remember, because I always watch it on Christmas Eve, and I'm normally, the, I think last Christmas was the first time you guys managed to stay awake and see the whole film. Mm. I'm normally sitting there on Christmas Eve on my own, 
vegetables all you peeled say around that, but it's I'm true. right there with you. <laughs> I don't think you'd ever seen that to the end until I have, last year. I have, I you have. certainly and Adelia. No, the kids the kids always fall asleep. But that's the idea, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Not for me, that's my favourite. Okay, let's get on with it then. Uh, we're going to do five characters. We are all going to suggest actors as usual. And uh, then we're going to have a little in-house squabble and an in-house vote. And uh, by the end of it, we should have a cast. Uncle Lewis is a cigar-smoking, gravelly-voiced nightmare of an uncle. You can practically smell him through the screen. Everyone has one of them old uncles at their family gatherings. He is brilliant in the film, but would be horrible in real life. And there's something strange about his hair. Thank you very much, Betsy Pearl. Uncle Lewis, played by William Hickey, who... What was he big for? It was in The Godfather or something like that. He's, he's really known for playing gangsters. That's what I thought I'd seen him in. Is he? Which is weird because yeah. he's like a little... Yeah. yeah, yeah. But would be a good gangster, and actually, I suppose. he was only 62. Was he? Yeah, but he he's... looks so much older. Yeah. So yeah. much older. Okay, but a great part. And uh, we're going to start... It doesn't appear in the film because we always do this when we watch these films. We sit going, what are we doing? What are we doing? And yeah. he doesn't appear until, what, two-thirds of the way into the film? And actually... He's in very iconic scenes, but only in a couple. Doesn't yeah. do much. Doesn't do much, but a standout. Yeah, anyway. it's memorable. So let's start with you, Leo. Um, Uncle Lewis, who are you going for? I went with Danny DeVito. <laughs> oh, Rog. I went with Jeffrey Tambor. Pop, pop. I oh, love pop, pop. Love, yeah. I've gone with uh, Danny DeVito. Devil hey, there we go. I have gone with Danny DeVito. Triple which means there's only one loser in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Laura has been saying to me, and I really try not to talk about this podcast before we come in and do it, but we all watch the film, uh, the three of us, and pick the cast. And there's been a few comments of, I think there's going to be some double double ups in this one. I think there will be as well. And I, yeah. did, I didn't think it was this one. I have to say, I didn't think it no, was. No, no, I didn't expect this one. Roger, um, give you a day in court. Jeffrey Tambor. Well, I, yeah, I just think he's hilarious. He's great. He's yeah. comedy royalty. Yeah. Um, you could put him in pretty much any yeah. old man role. Um, he's, a good, he's very good as the old cynic, and that's mm. what this guy is. Uh, essentially, the only physical attribute he needs, yeah, okay, he's small in the film, but the only one he needs is that he's got to have no hair on the top of his head for the for that scene when he walks now. <laughs> so he fits perfectly, but I've got no issues with Danny DeVito getting it. It's great. When he's sat in his chair and I think he's, is he smoking a cigar? Yeah, yeah. And you can see his wigs all up. Yeah, like, yeah. And I just pictured Danny DeVito sat there and then waddling along. Yeah. Like, he's so perfect for this Danny DeVito. I didn't even do a list. I got him straight away. And did you have anybody else? I did have a couple of others, but but he was first. I he almost, was there. I almost went with Joe Pesci. Very close. Very good. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Fond of a wig. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Has worn a wig or two in yeah. his time. I mean, wow. maybe that's it. I didn't think, once I'd got Jeffrey Tembo, I didn't think anymore. I thought, yeah. oh, he's, he's perfect. So, yeah, yeah that's no, no, that's, that's how it works sometimes, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's why I tend to do that. And then I'll come in here and somebody will say, and I'm like, oh, I didn't think about him. <laughs> hey, off to a flyer. It's a good Interesting, start. Interesting, yeah. It is Danny DeVito in the role of Uncle Louis. Fantasy Reboot Podcast. This podcast will be done in 10 minutes. <laughs> I think it could be a quickie today. Yeah. It's what they're crying out for. <laughs> After the last couple of episodes, the Ben Hur. We're going to move on to character number two. 
Bethany is a lovely, is slightly batty old woman. She is hard of hearing and delivers one of the film's many brilliant moments when she says grace. There you go. Thanks, Betsy Pearl. Aunt Bethany, she arrives at the house with Uncle Lewis. Are they a couple? Are they together? I it never really says much. I think they are, aren't they? I think they, they are, yeah. But, but they could other. be brother and sister. Yeah, it could you be know. like the younger brother. Yeah. The patter between those two with the hard of hearing and all that yeah, sort yeah, of stuff yeah. is just gold. Yeah. It's done so well. And uh, originally played, as we said before, by May Questel, Questel, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who was Betty Boo. And the last film. Was it? Yeah. Downer, Christmas special. And Christmas can be sad. Uh, we're going to start with Rog. Rog, who are you putting in? I've gone for old lady, supremo, Betty White. Very good. Mm. I've gone for Liza Minnelli. Oh. Mm. I've gone for June Squibb. Oh, yeah. She's the wife in Nebraska. She's Hubie's mum in Hubie's <laughs> Halloween. Uh, she's the nana in Palm Springs. She's the fun- you had us at Hubie's Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> funny old lady in table 19, is it? She's, All right, calm down. Yeah, We've not even got Leo's name yet. Chill. We've not even got to that bit. I'm just telling you in case you don't know who she is. I you think don't. the lady I don't think I've seen any of those. Right, uh, Leo. I've gone with Julie Walters. Good. Oh, yes. She was my second choice. All right. Four great names. No double up. I thought we'd have a double up here. So did I. Really did think we'd have a double up for Aunt Bethany. Let's kick off with you then, Rog. Betty White, TV Uh, royalty. So she's 98 years old. She's got all her faculty still. I watched her. She gave a speech in January, I think, this year. So she's doing great. As you mentioned, this was May Christel's last film. Potentially could be Betty White's if we recast it. Roger, with you're, what are you well, doing? I'm just being honest. You're talking and about what, Betty White, aren't you? What a way to go. Well, Betty White with, with this legacy intact. By the way, Rog, we've got over a month until this podcast goes out, so I, if she dies in the meantime... I've got to say, I, my, my thir- first thought was Betty White, Yeah. and then I started Googling her, Rog, and she doesn't just look like. good. No, she doesn't. <laughs> she's not looking good, and I think so, she's, That was a deep fake. So, uh, is she not looking good? She's oh, not looking no. good. So I guess we're in we're in November, December now. Yeah, in January she was it, she was all right. I did the same thing. Is she even looks like I, original? Yeah, no, no, and and she she's could, played in the Golden Girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, Ditsy, and that was thirty years ago. So um, I had her on my list, but discounted her for the same reason. Of she's, oh. I wonder if she could. And I also had Angela Lansbury. For the same, same reason. Yeah, exactly yeah. the same, But they yeah. are both mega old. I mean, I, I know the still works. Because she was in Mary Poppins, of course. Yeah. The That's most where I thought one. this was quite hard because you need that, like, little old lady. And actually, now, I think a lot of the actresses that are the same age as uh, May Questel was then, ones that we think of as similar age, like Judy Dench and some people like that, they actually don't look They're old f- enough, mm, do yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, You've yeah, got yeah, to go yeah, old on this yeah. one. Um, so I went with Liza Minnelli. Mm-hmm. Primarily because of Arrested Development, she she played Lucille too in Arrested Development, and I'm I'm amazed he got her, and I'm amazed yeah. he got her to send herself up because she sends herself up something rotten in that program, yeah. and is playing a character in Arrested Development that I don't think's a million miles away from what we're looking for. That Bethany, she's this like sort of mm. batty, she's got really bad vertigo, she can hardly stay on her feet and everything, and I mean everybody in Arrested Development is playing this mad caricature yeah, yeah, on it. Yeah. One of my favourite TV it's shows. It's like ever. a National Lampoon TV show, isn't it? And what does she look like now, though? Yeah, I'm not sure. She's got quite that old little old she's lady. She's very look. old. Yeah, she is. But she's, she's very old. I, I know, but I didn't go. As I said, I went through the ones who look like that, and I discounted it because 
of the comedy chops. Liza Minnelli is so good in Arrested Development. And again, if you see, when, when we said Danny DeVito at the beginning. Yeah, he doesn't look right. as old as William Hickey, does he? So, Oh, I don't know. Oh, but it's not about the age, because Liza Minnelli is really old. Uh, and she looked old in Arrested Development. She was playing a kind of older woman. When we talked about this, I think this morning before we came in, I said, the cast I've chosen for this, I think is better. I'm not showing off. But the cast I've chosen, I think, is better than the original cast. For me... And I think Danny DeVito is... A, what a great actor for that role. Better than Chevy Chase. No, D- Danny DeVito is uh, Uncle... Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. I but think but your whole cast is better, that's what you're saying. I, I, well, I think Liza... Let's just Liza see. was so good in Arrested Development, so that's she where I went was, for She was, but she doesn't have that little old nan feel to me. Well, she did. I, she, I, I mean, if I, you, did you watch Arrested yeah. Development? Oh, she played that character. What's with that. you? Yeah, she played that character. Uh, well, uh, oh, go on. Uh, I went with June Scribb, and as I've already said, she was she's been in loads of stuff. So she ne- is well known actress. Yeah, yeah. Ne- Nebraska. She was the wife, Hubie's mum. So she that and that was quite recent. Hubie's Halloween. And she was really, I mean, she, for an Adam Sandler film, that's a big pile of dog. Well, shit, she she is, was actually pretty good. In June it. Scribb is ninety years old. She's ninety. Ninety, and she's still now. She doesn't look 90 in that film. I, I, I would say that Liza Minnelli looked old, older than her. She well, was probably the I'm best not, in that film. But, but, she, she was great in it. Yeah. But actually, if you look at photos of her, she looks like a little old nan. She's, yeah. she's little and she's got a squeaky voice. She's good. Um, and she's funny. She's really funny. Like she, she with all the young ones in um, Palm Springs and in Table 19, she was like the old lady funny mm. one. And she carried it well. She She's... Do you know what I mean? She she um, held up against those younger ones. Yeah, yeah. And I think, so she's a great actress. And that character needs, like you said, Simon, somebody who can do a really good comedy role. So, great look, great comedy face. Yeah. So for me, she fits perfect. Leo. Julie Walters mainly picked her for Paddington. Mm. She's playing like this old, frail looking old lady. And she can still, like, she's still, like, she's not too old. And she's still got the old look about her. She's done that a lot, hasn't she? She's played... Old. When yeah, I was yeah, a has. kid, I, I think Victoria Wood. She played lady. Mrs. Overall yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 in the antiques yeah, shop. That's it, yeah, yeah. And she was playing a little old woman in that. She must have been in her thirties. She suits yeah, that yeah. part definitely. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I think it's a good call. And yeah, I, I said she was my second choice. She's a. Would she play American? I, I I don't know if I've seen her play American, but I'm sure she could. She's probably like she's a great actress. She could. Oh, I I don't know, but that's what I'm saying. You know, you, you, this is an American oh, so family you, film, isn't it? Mm. I or building an American cast. Yeah, I think I think she could do it. Uh, she she does comedy. She, yeah, yeah. She, I, I've I've seen her play the exact like hard of hearing part before. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have much else to say about her. She is fantastic. Definitely great at playing a little old lady. She is. Yeah. She yeah, is yeah. great. Oh, it's a tough one. It's a tough board. Now I've I've just been having a look at pictures of Liza Minnelli while you're talking. The thing about Liza Minnelli is. You know, when I watched Mamma Mia 2, when Cher popped up in Mamma Mia 2, over the moon. And when Liza Minnelli <laughs> popped up in Arrested Development, over the moon. Yeah. So for me, if you announce this film just with who we're talking about already, he's got Danny DeVito in, he's got Liza Minnelli in. I can oh. see myself being really excited about that, you know? Well, yeah, mm, but yeah, I think you'd get that from the American audience with Betty White as well. Betty White, the internet loves yeah, she's yeah, massive yeah, yeah. on the internet. Yeah, they do. Yeah. But the chances of her, I hate saying this, but you brought it up, Rog. The chances of her being alive oh, filming this film 
And for the film coming out, you don't want this film coming she, out and being be a downer. Presses. She'd Lodge. be on the junket. She'd be loving it. In the box. She'd be drinking mulled wine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's going to come down to a vote. Anybody else got anything to say before we vote? No. Mm-mm. Okay, here we go. Roger. Difficult to vote. I was torn between a decision, but I've gone with Julie Walters. I wrote down Julie Walters, crossed it, and then put June Squibb. Simply on the strength of the awful Adam Sandler Halloween film. But she was great. She, yeah, she's Laura. great. Um, I have gone with Julie Waters. Leo. I've gone with June Squibb. It's 2-2. Two, two. The Oracle. Two, two. It is time to call the Oracle. Hello. We're doing National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. We're doing the part of Aunt Bethany, the little old lady. Yeah. And, and the two actresses you've got to choose from are Julie Walters and June Squibb. Julie Walters. Oh, oh. Julie Walters. <laughs> Thanks, Oracle. Bye. There you go. The Oracle has spoken, guys. And it's Leo. Uh, with Julie Walters, how do you feel, Leo? I, I think June Squibb was just as good, but um, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Yeah, I think it, for me it was out of them too, but... I would have liked June to win it, but well done, Leo. I was, t- I said I was t- tied and I torn. I was torn. I was thinking Liza Minnelli on the strength of your argument. But I'm amazed she was the week. It was the week thing. I was like, well, there's already a week in this film. A very important week. Mm. Fancy reboot podcast. Character number three. Here we go. Cousin Eddie does the impossible in Christmas Vacation by managing to steal the show in practically every scene he's in. No mean feats. When you're opposite Chevy Chase, Cousin Eddie is a hick, a loser, stupid and selfish, but also hilarious. Cousin Eddie. Christmas film icon, Randy Quaid. Yeah, great character. One of the best outfits I've ever seen in any film when he stood drinking out the, the eggnog. He's so good in this. And I'm pretty sure every family has got that family member. You don't want to do it. You don't want them turning up. Uh, great You're entrance. you about your own now. That is me. Yeah. Nobody wants me to turn up. My cousin Eddie is Johnny Knoxville. Woody Harrelson. Mine is uh, Jack Black. Roger. Oh, mine is Jason Siegel. Four names again. Do you know what? I was sure we'd have a double I on this one. I, I was sure somebody would go for mine. So me to start then. Uh, Johnny Knoxville. He's he's cool as anything, Johnny Knoxville, but he's a country hick. Yeah. I think he's fantastic. You can totally see him being the he's the tattooed cousin who turns up. And I thought in a reboot of this. He's going to be the guy you get falling off roofs and stuff like that. He will do that stuff. He's still doing <laughs> jackass stunts. He can be the guy who does the fall guy stuff. You know, if they redid that slide scene, uh, the sledge scene, he'd be the guy who probably did that. You know what I mean? But so he seemed like a real, I'm amazed there wasn't a double up because when I think country hick actors, I hate saying country because it sounds like I'm being uh, dismissive and I'm not. Yeah, I don't mean it like that, but yeah. I think he'd be, be a great fit for it interesting laura uh right woody harrelson uh obviously he's got the the texas kind of cowboy as perfect a suggestion as what i thought for johnny knoxville when you said his name i'm like he's another yeah he's very good at that country hick 
I can totally see him doing this role. Yeah. Um, Owen Wilson's too soft looking yeah, for this. Yeah. And mm. and then when I went and I went and I watched some of because I know Woody for more for playing serious parts. Yeah. I actually haven't. He's seen, a badass. Yeah, but he he has done quite a lot of comedy too. Um, I think he was a comedy actor first. Yeah. And, yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Well, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it's I haven't seen. I don't think I've seen that many of his comedy films. So I went and I I had a look at some of his comedy films and and it. He is playing the part of Cousin Eddie, so I could and, and I could totally see Woody doing it, and, and he's a great actor, Woody. So uh, Leo Jack Black, I went for him on the merit of how he was in the Yakking Phoenix film, the Don't Worry, I Won't Get Far on Foot. He in that he's playing like this dirty, like rough kind of guy who just like leeches off other people, and that that's kind of like Jack Black's stick in most film. It's like he's just like this slacker who like just. He doesn't really put much effort into anything. He's he's just uh, he's friendly, but most of the films like no one wants to be like wants to have him round. And he's annoying. Yeah, I mean he's very good at playing the annoying character. I imagine it could be quite annoying in real life, Jack Black. And I and I think Randy Quaid, cousin Eddie, is an annoying. Jack Black's been great in uh, in lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, been, yeah. He's watched him on that concert. He that. did his uh, when he did his little run around his villa and stuff like that, and jumped yeah. in his swimming pool. Yeah, but he's Jack Black. Yeah, he's Jack Black. But yeah. I, I think I that about all three we've said so far. I think all of them are quite cheeky, if you like, but but can be quite abrupt. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, Raj, you've I mean, gone. For you're, all, you're also describing Jason Segel there. I mean, um, he's. I, I've seen him in play so many times. The bum that is just trying to do a good turn. Mm -hmm. And that's what, I mean, that's the character arc of this cousin Eddie. And also what I like about him is when he first comes on screen, he's quite abrasive. Like you almost make your mind up. I'm not going to like this guy. Always by the end of the film, he's a good guy. Like you're loving him. Yeah. Um, he looks great, like messy. Same as Jack Black, really. He looks, he's believable as like a disheveled seven week old beard hasn't done his hair in I love you man he wears Ugg boots and a cardigan so that's kind of the updated version of Uncle Eddie of, <laughs> I keep calling him Uncle Eddie of Cousin Eddie's yeah. dressing gown and Wellington boots isn't it so I, I just kind of see it and it, every film I see in him in, he's brilliant he's very funny and a lot of Quaid's performance was improvised and I think he's a solid improviser, Jason Seacott. He's mm. kind of like a Saturday Night Live alumni, mm. which, of course, all these people in the original were as well, you know. So I could really see him doing it. The, the bit that swings me is is that redemption scene when he's brought the boss in and you're like, what have you done? And then it cuts to his wife describing him as a man in a in a, le a blue leisure suit. And, like, that's... He, he wears that type of stuff in most of the roles I've seen. Well, she him said in. a word. She didn't say hunk, but she said something. Exactly. She used a word to describe him, and even that sounded like a big word. He was a big fella, yeah. But she, yeah. she, yeah. Not a brute. It was something it's along the lines. Yeah, it's it was like a that, kind yeah. of word. Yeah. Um, They're all quite different actors, yeah. though, to each other. Like, I think they've all got that thing where they can all do comedy, they can all be. I think they can all be country. I've seen Jack Black do. Wondered where you were going there. <laughs> Family show. It's Christmas, mate. Careful. Yeah, but they can all be quite um, sort of a, like you were saying, abrasive, abrupt. You know, they can. They've all got that to them as well. So, but it's they're very different to each other, like as actors. I think. Well, I, I think of the turn up scene. So there's a scene when he turns up and does. Yeah. The, tells the story about how he's got to why they're there. Yeah. And then I think of like you said the redemption scene where he's kidnapped the guy. Yeah. And I think, I look when you said Woody Harrelson, I love him. He scares me. 
Yeah, that's, that's, that's what's... Yeah, and, and but you know when he's pushing the trolley and um and he's chucking the dog food in and stuff like that, that's, you know, and I could see, I could totally see Woody, Har- yeah. Woody Harrelson. I think I think it'd be great in the part. three doing those bits more than Woody Harrelson. Really? Because yeah. it's funny, because I, I actually think Woody Harrelson, and, and like particularly in Cheers and... and there is that really soft side to Woody. I think that people, because we, we like I said before, we're, we're so used to now seeing him in probably more serious roles. We forget that he has got this soft yeah. side. And but he looks, I mean, there's no getting away from the fact that he, and he's doing yeah, it that Yeah, but I think Cousin times. Eddie has that kind of look. No, I think that... No, Cousin Eddie doesn't look, he's, he's not a tough guy, is he? No, no, no. And that's why no, I no, think I with think Johnny... He, I don't think Woody Harrelson has a tough look. I thought you were going to say oh, like he's, he's got a bit of a... He, Woody Harrelson does look. Face. Cousin Eddie's like... The guy that you don't want to come, but he's still, like he's a nice guy and means well. But I don't, I don't know, I don't get that from Woody Harrelson. Doesn't have that like nice guy. See, that's what I thought about Knoxville. Is he doesn't look hard? I mean, we know in real life he's quite a tough guy, but he doesn't look hard enough to go and kidnap a bloke. But he looks like he could probably kidnap a bloke. He could convince himself to. Yeah, uh, that's what I think about Jason Segel. There's that really funny bit as well. Sorry to go slightly off script where. They talk, they're talking about the squirrel and Jimmy Chase goes, where's Eddie? He normally eats these type of things. And his wife goes, actually, no. Um, he read that they're high in cholesterol, so he stopped it's eating squirrels. Um, but that that's the kind of thing that, um, I love you, man. His character is all about those weird little decisions yeah. he's made. And that's why, that, in fact, it was that bit that made me think, oh, it's Jason Siegel. Love all four of them. Mm. Yeah, love me too, me too. Love all four of them. Me too. Oh, dear. Okay. Looks like we're going to have to put it. Anybody else got anything before we go to the vault? Um, no. All right, let's do it. Yeah, it's you to go first. Well, I've gone for Woody, Woody Harrelson, simply because when you first said him, Laura, I couldn't think of another, I keep saying this, I couldn't think of another country hick actor, maybe Matthew McConaughey, mm. but he's not right for it at all. You've tried that before. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and when you said Woody Harrelson, I'm like, yes, he's another one. So I've gone for Woody Harrelson. I'll go, I'll go in with my heart. Okay. Uh, well, right back at you. I've gone for Johnny Knoxville. I've gone for Jason Seagal. And he was on my list. He was my second choice. He plays this character in High Fidelity, Jack Black. It's an oracle again. Is it a four-way split? <laughs> split? Wow. High Fidelity, man. He was my second choice. <laughs> this is how it got split last week. You two had a similar... I've got to tell you... I was I wrote Woody and I crossed it out because I was going to write Jason Siegel, so he would have won. And then I'm like, but I was most impressed with that name. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Hello. Hello, the Oracle. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Good. Uh, right, we've got four names for you this time, the Oracle, and it is for Cousin Eddie... And your four names are Jack Black, Jason Siegel, Johnny Knoxville, and Woody Harrelson. The Oracle, who are you going for? Jack Black. Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh, I think the Oracle's been at the uh, mulled wine. Oh, my God. The Oracle, thank you. We may be speaking to you again soon. See you later. The Oracle speaks and the decision is made. Jack Black. And that's a three in a row. Leo's on for a Grand Slam. Oh. Oh, no, no, it's not a Grand Slam because no. he's, he's got the... Yeah. Mm, it's a Wimbledon. Knoxville does the one where he's... Oh, f***. I'll let it go. Let it go, Knoxville's too squawky, I think. He's man. not, though. He is. He's Cousin Eddie to a... T- he's a modern-day Cousin Eddie. 
Let me just get out of my system for well, a it second. It looks like Jack Black oh. is now, mate. Here we go with character oh, number four. Ellen Griswold is Clark's long-suffering wife. She loves Clark, even though he's a dunderhead. She tends to have a lot more common sense than him and likes to call him Sparky. Thank you very much, Betsy Pearl Boy Silver Girl. We'll be definitely getting visited by Santa. She's been a good girl. It's not me to start on this one, guys, and I'm still recovering from the last one, I've got to be honest. Played originally, of course, by uh, Beverly D'Angelo. Laura's giving me the side eye. Who are you going for, Laura? <laughs> okay, I have gone with Julie Bowen, the mum in Modern Family. Leo. I've gone for Kristen Wig. My second Wig. choice. It's double I, isn't it? Wig, yeah, yeah. I've gone for Leslie Mann, Judapadapadapadow's wife. I've gone for Amy Poehler. She was also mm. on my list. Okay, so... Like I said, I had uh, Kristen Wiig and Amy Poehler both on my list. Um, and I basically went through those three people and had to eliminate. Amy Poehler, I don't think she's as good as she thinks she is. Um, no, I, she. You've never liked her. You no, don't like her and Tina Fey and they are no, on everything together. Yeah, and I think... Uh, I've got to say, Amy Poehler, and and she she kind of irritates me. Um, and but I did have her on my list, regardless of this. Uh, but I mean, I've voted for people who you've said no, no, who irritate no, me. No, just, does, just so no, I'm I'm saying she does irritate me, and I I don't think she is as good as she thinks she is. And I don't mean that in a horrible. Well, it sounds sound horrible, but. You always do, so carry but, on. Yeah, yeah, I know. I am, I am that person in this podcast. <laughs> Hold on a minute. By the way, you've just done five minutes of character assassination no, on wait, Amy Poehler. No, wait, I'm Tell tem- me about I'm yours. I'm why then I went to mine. So, <laughs> no, but I've not even said a bloody word no, yet. Wait. Tell me about yours. So, so I'm telling you why I eliminated and got to Julie. They could all play the part of Ellen. But Julie is that person in Modern Family. She plays that mum that puts up with the dunderhead, as Betsy Pearl said. Yeah. She's played that role already. And she's actually, I think, quite a good actress. And she's better than the other two at that part. That's why... I, uh, I disagree. The problem with the, uh, that I have with the uh, the original film is that like, it's not as bad as other 80s comedies in, in its women roles, but like that... The way, like, they, they do sexualize the, the the woman in the, the shop a bit and it just feels a bit unnecessary and, like, Clark comes across as a bit pervy, but I guess that... He does. I don't like that in the film. Mm. Yeah, that was a bit of an extra that I don't actually think even needs to be there because he doesn't seem... I mean, the bit it adds nothing the, to the yeah. film. Though. I've got to yeah. say, the bit in the shop is quite a funny scene. It's all leading up to the gag with Rusty. Yeah, Sorry, I, not, I think it's, that bit, it's just and I think a dad flirting a bit with the woman selling the perfume is one thing, but then uh, when she shows him a pant line, it's lechy, yeah. And yeah. then when he has she a fantasy about her, the thing, so yeah. because he's supposed to be a family man, yeah, it kind of takes away yeah, from I the agree. fact that he's a family man. The women roles need to have like more to them because it would be more fleshed out. Yeah, the, definitely. The, the wife, she she has a couple funny lines, but I think you need more of a funny leading lady. Well, she's a really funny actress, and in National Lampoon's European Vacation, does a lot more. Mm. But I don't think she was given. I think she held her own, though, and I think no, no, she's good in no, no I, I, but I'm saying the film overall portraying women is it's not, a script. It's not her. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Now the funny thing is, when I thought when I was trying to pick a character, I thought 
are we going to say, oh, well, the one you've picked too funny because she doesn't actually do that much in it. So you're right, what you're saying, a reboot of this film would need mm. stronger female and perhaps funnier female characters. Yeah, uh, and obviously Christian Wig, she's Saturday Night Live, Ghostbusters, Bridesmaids. She's, she's strong enough to be a leading lady and I reckon she could hold herself up against our Clark Griswold. Like, I think, I think that's what you need. She's a funny enough woman. She's brilliant, and I think I want to say I think Julie Bowen's brilliant. I love no, I think Modern I Family. think I think all three of them. That, um, that, sorry, Roger, or the other three, not <laughs> not Leslie Mann. I think any of those three could do you it. Add on again. You, well, you're just talking about people who are very good on TV. For me, you mentioned Saturday Night Live. Modern oh no, no, Family. mine's a big film star yeah, as well. Parks and, and Christian yeah. Wiig, Ghostbusters. They've all been in films. But Leslie Mann. This is her stock in trade. She's the put-upon wife in This Is 40. She's due date, and she always steps up, and she always puts the man down. That's what that The best bits about D'Angelo's roles are when she figures out the electrics, when she, uh, right at the end, she just takes control when she needs to. She says, now nah, it's time for all these people to go, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. And Leslie Mann's been doing this for years in a toxically male environment of a Judd Apatow comedy. She comes out as a strong woman in every single one of those films. Yeah. And I just think she's just more suited to it than, than Wig, Polar and uh, than Bowen. I can't vote for her, which is fair enough, but she's, I think she's brilliant. There's an Adam Sandler film where she plays the ex-girlfriend and it's the one where he's the old comedian who's kind of given up. Funny people. Funny people. She's the best in it. You know what it is? I think she's, what she, why she's different to the other three. I think that she's quite harsh. She's got a harshness to her. And I don't, not in a, not in a horrible way, but I think she, the other three can be softer. She plays a really good mum. She plays a great mum. There's a bit in This Is 40 where she turns around and she goes, she just sums it up in one line, like um, about, you know, being a mum and being a mother and being being the wife and being forgotten about. And then look at, she's acting against Paul Rudd. She says, look at my husband. He's just turning 40 and he's an, a stud. Look at him, he's amazing. And, and I feel like this, 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 and this. Mm. And I'm just like, oh my God, she's brilliant. And that's in a comedy, you know, she's just brilliant. I think she's really good. And and I, th- and I, I think you're right, what, we've all said it, they'd rewrite this character completely. They'd change the female dynamic in this film completely. They'd make more of it. And she's been doing it with, you know, Judd Apatow movies. She's married to Judd Apatow, so he writes her in her films quite a lot. And yeah. she gets that chance to shine. She's brilliant. She's great. Um, Amy Poehler, not only does she look like her, I genuinely thought the thing you'll come back at me is, but she's she does too much funny stuff. And Beverly D'Angelo doesn't actually do that much funny stuff in this film. She has a couple of bits, but not much. Amy Poehler, to me, seemed like a perfect fit and, and does the full range. She's a good fall guy. And when you see her on stage with Tina Fey, because Tina Fey is quite brassy and when they're doing the Oscars or something like that, she's she often plays that second fiddle to Tina Fey, I yeah. think. Mm. You know? But, yeah, um, she does, yeah. yeah. But I don't... Yeah. I don't I, <laughs> but in her own right... Very, very strong. Yeah. She no. was in the one with Will Ferrell, which is not a great film, the one where they set up a gambling den in the house. Oh, right. right, the house. But, you know, yeah. like... And she did the one where she's sisters Same. with Tina Fey... Sisters. Um, are they just all named after what I've said? You, you, it's in a house. The last word in your <laughs> sentence, just go with that. Yeah, and she does that one where she looks after parks and the recreation. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what that's called. <laughs> but, and again, she's done the um, improv. She came up through yeah. improv Has and she she's done... she played a mum in anything? She's mid-40s. No, I just... So I've I think just, she's ballpark. She's I've not on. seen her play that role where... Because... 
Well, there's not. There wasn't actually that much mumming in this film. She didn't do a she, lot of mumming. She does actually. She, there's a lot. The, the kitchen mm. scenes and the, the, she, she, does, she yeah. is quite mum. That's well. What, look, I'm not. You know what? She can do it. So it's not about whether she can. I don't think she's a good enough actress. I genuinely don't think she's. I don't think it's a slapstick comedy film. No, but I think some hearts. She can do it. um, uh, Beverly D'Angelo is is a really good actress, and I think she she can she can do the comedy, but she can do the the mumsy soft more serious side as well and I don't think Amy and look like I said to you I had See, her I on my I had like her on my I list but I don't think Amy Poehler's got that I really don't I think she can do the comedy but even, you know what Amy Poehler she's not believable I don't believe what Amy, when Amy, when I see Amy Poehler acting I don't believe it you know when I see her on stage with Tina Fey that person that I see on stage there doing live stuff is what I see in her TV programs I don't see her I can't she doesn't seem I, her her roles aren't believable to me. That's why, for me, uh, if you, I can't see Amy Poehler doing it, and I I totally see why you've chosen her, and I agree with you about the comedy side of it. But for the reasons I ended up not picking her, it's because I don't think she's a good enough actress. I, I, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen Modern Family, but I thought she was really phoning it in in that Adam Sandler film. I mean, everyone was, but. Yeah, yeah, well, that's probably not the best example of... And she plays a very similar character in most things, Julie Bond. Amy Poehler fits so... Like you said, you look at Amy Poehler and I would think if you'd not said her, you'd think, oh, my God, yeah, she's so much like her. Let's vote. It's Laura. Laura. I have gone for Kristen Wiig. I've gone for Amy Poehler. I've gone for Amy Poehler. Not because she looks like her, because I think she could do it. I've gone for Kristen Wiig. All right, we're going to have to call the Oracle for the third... Have we ever done this before? No, third this is unprecedented time. territory. Somebody Merry. else should use their phone. It cost me a bloody fortune, this. Merry. And at Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hi. On the third call of Christmas, <laughs> I've got some names for you. So we're going for Ellen Griswold, the wife from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. All right, the Oracle? Yeah. I've only got two names for you this time. And the two names okay. are Kristen Wig and Amy Poehler. Kristen Wig. <laughs> so, Leo, you've got four. Oh, wow. Oh. I wouldn't be surprised if someone else had the same last one as me. I think I'm the only other one that's got four before. So nobody has yet to get a five. Why are you looking I'll at me? I've never had four. I don't think I've had four since we started. We might Across have, all the weeks. We might have the same. Oh. Reboot Podcast. All right, let's move on, thank God, to our final character today. I thought I had the perfect cast for this. I've been kicked right down. Wait, 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 wait. You've still got one and I've got zero. I know, but so I why are you playing the Roger. sad left behind puppy in the shop? Because you know. I can't measure myself against you because you're rubbish at this people game. People are getting a really and bad opinion I of normally, you. You spit your toys every week. Yeah, I'm normally People doing aren't because the public always vote for me. And you know when this goes up? I can't wait till next week. I can't wait to sit here in my Christmas jumper, which I'll keep on for a week. It'll stink next week. Ooh. And I'll still have it on. And, oh, I can't wait for the public vote. I'll put the wrong pictures on for mine and still win this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do it then. But congrats so far, Leo. Con- character, <laughs> <laughs> character number five is this one. 
Clark Griswold is an American hero. He was Homer Simpson and Peter Griffin before either of them existed. Like all men, he just wants to be a great dad and husband. The problem is, he's terrible at it. I feel that. Okay, so <laughs> Clark Griswold. Um, played, of course, by Chevy Chase. A man with one of the worst reputations in Hollywood. It's fascinating. Yet... I love yep. everything he does. Yep. I love him in this film so much. He's got everything. He is funny as anything. And he does that emotional stuff yep. remarkably well. He's so good at that, isn't he? Yeah. Well, the, didn't the director, who was originally down for it, leave because of yeah. his relationship? Yeah, he there's went, people who won't work with him. Yeah, yeah. Chris Columbus, is that... The one that no, that he went when on. You get caught between he went on to do Home Alone. Who's the guy that went on to do Home Alone? No, Chris Columbus. Yeah. yeah. So he went and he left. Chris Cross. He, he left. Um, My eyes off. Yeah, he left. <laughs> he left. <laughs> ah, he's doing a different show. <laughs> he's just doing people called Chris. Do a quick impression of Chris no Akabusi running around. He's, <laughs> he's nothing like. Oh yes. dear. So he left this film to go and do Home Alone. So we wouldn't have had Home Alone. Yes. Is that right? Mm. He would, we wouldn't have had Home Alone. So it's a good job he did leave. I forgot what we're talking about. Chevy. He's channeling all those great silent film comedies as well. Yeah. He's Buster Keaton in this. Oh man, the scene on the roof. Hilarious. But I can't, you know, when you hear that somebody's bad. I don't have that with Chevy Chase in this film no. because I think I love the film. Yeah. The public seems to be very forgiving of Chevy Chase, whereas yeah. everyone that works with him in the industry seems to be like, <laughs> I don't yeah. want to work with him again. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it is. Uh, so we're going to do our characters and where we began, so we shall end. Leo, who are you going for for the part of Clark Griswold? Jason Bateman. He is also in... Arrested Development. TV shows. Yeah. And the development. Amy Poehler was married to Job, Will Will Arnett. So oh, the, yeah. So the Arrested Development wow. setup in today's show is mm. it is the it is the <laughs> great show. Deserves a rewatch. Yeah. Uh, so, um, Rog, another Jason, Jason Sudeikis. We've mentioned him already today. I've gone for Steve Carell. I've also gone for a Steve, but I've gone for Steve Coogan. Two Jasons, two Steves. <laughs> uh, so we've got four names on the board this is a role where it's big shoes to fill uh, a lot of these roles are kind of bit parts I think Cousin Eddie's quite a big one really but Clark Griswold impossible not to think of Chevy Chase uh, big shoes to fill I think uh, metaphorically not in size don't know what size feet these guys are so uh, we'll kick off with you Leo why did Jason Bateman spring out to you Arrested Development and every part he's played the same since. Uh, he's Arrested Development, he's playing that dad who tries his hardest and he's he's got like a wacky family but he, and he powers through it and he's a funny guy. I mean, he's, he's, I've got to use Jason Bateman somewhere because he's just, he, play, he plays himself and he's another guy who's just himself and everything but I would say he's, he's pretty close to this part in pretty much everything he plays. I almost went for the brother in Arrested Development. Will, Will Arnett. Yeah. Well, it'd be difficult to get, thank God Amy Voller didn't get him divorced. <laughs> difficult to get them on set together. Um, he's w- great. He was different in Juno. He played a, quite a serious part oh, in Juno, yeah. of course, as the dad. But that's range, and that's what you need. Yeah. And, so and in Ozark, he's playing, oh, he's, oh, still he's playing great a, in Ozark. He's still playing like a dad, though, who's trying his hardest. Yeah. 
Very likable guy. Yeah. He's uh, getting more of those roles. I thought Will Arnett and Jason Bateman as well. And Jason Sudeikis has been in uh, films with Jason Bateman as well. So the kind of similar ballpark. Mm. But I just, the difference with Jason Sudeikis looking at um, Chevy Chase's performance is that I feel as though he's channeled or is channeling or is a derivative of the way Chevy Chase performs. It's the ticks. It's the looks off camera. He almost breaks the fourth wall quite a lot which I like about Jason Sudeikis. It's a very funny element. And um, I just think, like, if, if you think Chevy Chase, oh, I think Chevy Chase in this channels Buster Keaton, then, you know, a step up to the modern era, Jason Sudeikis is channeling that 80s, 90s Saturday Night Live comedy. I, I think he's a very, very funny character, and I think he's got, he's got more to give. Um, he's in a film called We Are The Millers, which wasn't particularly successful but it is a national it's not a bad film it's a it's an all right right. it was better than the critic criticism that it got i thought he's good by the way he's been a lot of great he is great he's the one i get mixed up with jason siegel though yeah yeah who i also picked yeah i get their names wrong all the time yeah because the names are very similar but their roles are almost yeah not i don't want to say interchangeable but the roles are similar as well yeah true and and in that we are the millers he's he's we've mentioned it already he just wants to he just wants to do right by his invented family but in this in, in this film it would be his actual family and i can see him doing it he, he does he gets frustrated very well he does those looks off camera the internal monologue which is external in 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 the film world i think he's great i think he could do it steve carell i never went to anybody else in this there was never another name as soon as i got it because he is Every scene in this film, I, I thought of him right at the start of the film, and then I sat what we, when we watched uh, National. I, every scene in the film, I could totally see him doing, because not only is he one of the funniest actors around. I mean, the America. Who would have thought anyone could take the English Office, mm-hmm. the greatest sitcom of all time in mm. my books, and make something of it, and then make it go on for a hundred odd episodes, but then. He does slapstick, he does funny, he does falling down. He's an idiot. He's great at being an idiot. But also, when you think of that scene when Clark locks himself in the loft and starts watching the old 8mm films, Steve Carell is without a doubt one of the most sympathetic men. He's got a face that just makes you want to cuddle him. I love the guy. In Welcome to Marwan, which is a very different kind of film, that's him the entire film. Very sad. Very difficult film. Difficult story. But uh, also just a great funny actor. And he's kind of box office gold, isn't he? He's like, you know, a 40-year-old virgin. He's, he's, your, he's your Tom Hanks. Like, if you put Steve Carell in a film, it's going to be yeah. successful. He's a dad. He's dad as well, which this film is. Yeah. He's yeah, dad. Yeah. yeah. Um, Laura. Um, I'd say the biggest curveball. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's funny because... I did consider yours, Simon, and I also considered Ben Stiller. The reason um, I didn't pick either of Ben Stiller or Steve Coogan, and I think they're both, I actually think they're both brilliant, but I thought for some reason that um, Steve Carell wasn't particularly popular in this room. Um, so I thought I was going to, I didn't want to choose him because I didn't think he was a popular choice because I thought you guys had thought he had been in too much stuff. That's why I, I then backed off. And I went with Steve Coogan. And it's funny you said about the attic scene because I, again, I saw that the slapstick um, comedy in that, and I thought about Steve Coogan and Lauren and Hardy, and then there was a bit where he was looking out the window and he's going, um, "Ellen, Ellen, 
Ellen. And honestly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all yeah, I yeah, saw yeah. was Dan, Dan, Dan. And I just <laughs> got, and actually I just thought, wow, the more I watched it, the more I saw Steve Coogan. And I know you really love him, Simon. And, mm, and, bitch. Yeah. So for me, it was a strange choice for me to go for because because I don't think I'm into him in quite the same way. But the the slapstick style that he does with um, Alan Partridge, yeah. I could. The more I watched this role, the more I saw that slapstick style comedy, and um, yeah, that's why I went for somebody totally that I didn't think I would go for. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a step outside. Looking at the names on the board, and Steve Coogan fits into this for me, is. Jason Bateman, he always gets, in Arrested Development, always seems to get hoisted by his own petard or on his own petard. But, you know, like, he's a, he's actually a cool guy. Mm. You know what I mean? He's a loser because he's got a family full of idiots. But he's the cool. he's actually, you know what I mean? He's yes, the coolest is, one yeah. in the family. He just has the worst look. Um, Jason Sudeikis, again, I think he's quite a cool guy. And Steve Coogan. Is I think he's one of the coolest guys on earth, but when he puts the partridge gear on, yeah, you forget he's Steve Coogan. Yeah, he, so so I was going to dismiss him for that reason. For for as I said with the other three, that Steve Carell's not got Steve Carell is like is this every man, but you can't help but love him. But with Steve Coogan, it's, I can't say that because when Steve Coogan puts a character on, when he's Tommy Saxondale, he's this Tommy is Saxondale. This is the thing. So when he's partridge. He is not Steve Coogan anymore. And in Philomena, his acting skills, and Laurel and Hardy, his acting skills. I think... Actually, both of them are great examples, but I would say, with Coogan, America does not seem to like Coogan's comedy. They love... <coughs> Philomena did great. Yeah. Laurel and Hardy, I mean, they're doing Laurel and Hardy, so you're going to struggle not for it to be brilliant. And he is... I've, I've he, always struggled to sum up why I don't like Steve Coogan on the big screen. And and I think it's the character thing. Lauren Hardy, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Mm. And um, Philomena, completely outside of anything you'd seen him in before. For me, his comedy works on TV better. Yeah. Absolutely. No, so but then funny, I can't watch see, him for on me, See, for me, Hollywood. it's the opposite. It's the opposite. I don't really? like... I don't right. like... I can't get on with his comedy TV stuff so much. Yeah. Did you watch it, though? Did you come to Partridge late? Because I think if you... Grew up with Coogan. I was late to Partridge, yeah, and I. I his, yeah, that's maybe. I, it. I find it. I'm not. I'm not so keen on that. But but when I've seen him in films, I think he's an amazing actor. Mm. And you're right. I think when you think of Steve Coogan, you do think of him as this that that person, that Alan Partridge type person. But actually, he can totally be outside of that. And I, and that that's the more I watched it, the more I thought the the character, the, the role of Clark needs somebody that can be the comedy clerk and I, I think that Steve Coogan has the ability I think he has mm. the ability to be outside of what your you imagine Steve Coogan to be I think he and he has proved that I think they're all leading men going back to what you said about Jason Bateman I think he can play in horrible bosses which is, yeah. isn't a very good film yeah he, he no played, no but it's all right and it did well yeah it, it, he plays a loser in that film like he, he just like He's, he's, he's like a... Clark, Clark could have been in Horrible Bosses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's got a horrible boss yeah. as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. he just like sucks up to and just accepts. But he's not... He's not brain... You know, like, he's not brainless. And he never looks brainless, Jason Bateman. He no. always, he, or yeah. he might be stupid, but he thinks he's not stupid. Whereas Clark 
Clark just... You, you don't know why Clark's got a successful job. No. I genuinely can't. I've watched well, it so many Well, he almost doesn't, Annie. You watch it and you think... Yeah. He's just walked on at work. How, yeah. Which, and, again, and how I think... Is he, how is he going to get a, a, a bo- Christmas bonus? He's useless. What did, what did Betsy what call him? A... A dunderhead. Dunderhead, a dunderhead yeah. 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 Jason Bateman yeah. doesn't look like a dunderhead. Yeah, but I thought that about Sudeikis as well. Yeah, and no, he's I agree. The football I think both... one he's in. I think he is playing a bit more of a, an idiot in that, but I've only seen the stills from it. And I, both, I struggle both, with both, finding... No, both, exactly, for me, both the Jasons don't have... But Steve Coogan has done a couple of films lately. He did the one where he's playing a parody of the top shop guy, Philip... and uh, he's putting on fashion shows and stuff and he's got a tan and big white teeth and it failed it just didn't work for me his his delivery is not the American it's not National Lampoon his delivery is not National Lampoon that's That's what I'm trying to sum it up if they made a British version of this by the way yeah 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 yeah. he'd be a front runner you know like but to put him in a scenario and you're putting him in there now with although you've got Julie Walters I suppose we've got Danny DeVito Jack Black Kristen Wiig yeah it's too much of a step out or a performance for him and I, and I think when, when Steve Coogan's trying to add that's when I don't like him that's when I, I'm like I can't believe this is the Alan Partridge that I love and have grown up with do you know what I mean it breaks your heart it does it does because I want him to be great I think Alan Partridge is him trying too hard that's the thing I think that uh, Alan Partridge is trying too hard yeah, but Steve yeah, Coogan's yeah, playing get, someone no, trying that, too hard but, yeah yeah but yeah the, the, the actor Steve Coogan for me is brilliant funny when you see him in interview Steve Coogan not on uh, when he's on American TV interviews, yeah. he's so not right. When he's yeah. on Conan, there's a, I watched a clip of him on Conan recently and he's... Because he affects his... And he's trying to... He's transatlantic. But then you, <laughs> when you watch him being interviewed here, oh, I watched him on and he were at home being interviewed. And he's a bit more mm. Clark Griswold. He's a bit more nerdy. <laughs> I mean, he's a really great... Love him to be. I totally Same see. Here. He's I my favourite to person I totally on that see. board. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. totally see what all of you are saying. I knew that it was an out there choice. But like I say, I had I had Ben Stiller and I also had Steve Crow at the back of my mind. But I just thought, do you know what? I'm going to go for it. Because the more I watched the film, I thought Steve can do this. And and he is, yeah, not, I think he could he do is it. not one of my favourites. <laughs> but... I actually, but anyway, I, but I get, I get totally what everyone it just, is Yeah, saying. it just comes down to how different American comedy is from British comedy. Yeah, like, yeah. British yeah, is obviously so. dry, sarcastic. American is like loud. I wouldn't want it to come out and it be a flop. Yeah. And Miguel, yeah. and there's that's another one could be. that yeah. Coogan's... I think yeah. it'd be fun to see, but, you know, do I you, see your points. Do you think yeah. everyone could do it like the scene where he breaks out and screams? For me, it's like when Steve Carell, he, he does like the screaming thing a lot. 40-year-old virgin when he gets waxed. Yeah, yeah. That's a great... Yeah, that's... He do, and he does, uh, he loses a plot in the American office a few times. Um, all right. I don't like this. I don't <laughs> like it. I don't like it. I'm voting with my head, not my heart. Oh, no, don't. Go with your heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Leo, who are you going for? Steve Carell. Roger. Steve Carell. Gone for Jason Sudeikis. Steve Carell. Oh, thank oh. God. Oh, oh, oh. It's a back in oh, the it's, room. It's, it's three out of three, you know. That's yeah, yeah. you can get, I guess. Well, thanks, guys. I mean, doesn't make up for earlier, but it makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> Fantasy Reboot Podcast. Full cast today, then. Uncle Lewis is Danny DeVito, chosen by Leo, me and Laura. Triple whammy. Triple whammy. Aunt Bethany is Julie Walters, suggested again by Leo, and he continued his run by betting on black. 
that's good. That. Jack Black for Cousin Eddie. <laughs> And then Ellen, Ellen Griswold, the wife, Kristen Wiig, Leo again, four in a row. Well done, Leo. He was on for a Wimbledon, a full house. And Clark Griswold went to me with Steve Carell. So I'd watch that film. I wouldn't be disappointed to see Steve Carell as Clark Griswold. You know, he's not one. If you saw the poster. I mean, I, I know you don't like Ed Helms much, Leo. but I'd thought about uh, Ed Helms. He wasn't bad in that. And he's good in no, the no, but films. It's, again, it's I wonder if they, would, if they would remake it with Ed Helms. Uh, yeah. Having done the one recently. I, I am sick of just seeing the Ed Helms part. It's, <laughs> yeah. not, it's not him. I'm, I don't know. That's the cast. It's the second Christmas special. We've got two more to go. I don't know how we're going to survive these. The question we always ask now at the end is, could it be a Muppets movie? Obviously, Steve Carell would have to be the leading man. Uh, so you've got Steve Carell as Clark Griswold. <laughs> Could it be a Muppets movie? That makes it weird because he has to be married to a Muppet. <laughs> uh, Waldorf has got to be uh, Uncle Lewis, you think? Uh, I mean, Waldorf and Statler have got to either got. I think Uncle Lewis and his boss, who's played by Bill Murray's brother. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to throw this out there because it's a National Lampoon universe film. The Muppets can't cross the streams with with. A National Lampoon script. Nothing. I don't think it could or should be a Muppets movie. I'm going to throw it out there. Yeah, maybe. I don't think those two universes are interchangeable. It might c- create a black hole. I do know what you mean, actually. Do you actually. know what I mean? Yeah, I, because Clark's almost the... He is a Muppet. He is the Muppet. Yeah, you describe him as a Muppet. Yeah. Yeah. Although I can see Dr. Teeth as uh, Cousin Dr. Eddie. Teeth. Up top corner there. He's a very Cousin Eddie. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I think Janice Janice gets a lot of roles in these. I think Janice she's the would be only woman. Good wife. Well, Piggy as well. I think Piggy would be uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus, the, the, oh, the next, next door, door neighbour. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go around and punch <laughs> myself. I, I don't know. There's well, it's the first one I think we've said. That Do you know what I mean? I, I don't. Think yeah, it would. no, I can totally see what it's a fantasy though, right? It's fantasy I'd, I'd watch. The, I'd watch the one we've cast above a Muppets one, whereas all the weeks before I'd watch the Muppets every time. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's interesting. Muppets, Top Gun. Um, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? I, when when we started with Danny DeVito, I thought, yes, because I, I was confident in this class. But you know what? I'm Because I think I said to you, Simon, that there was no one for me that I'd chosen that I'm really, really passionate about as an actor. Yeah. Like, I think they're all brilliant. But in past weeks, I've chosen somebody that I've really, really wanted to win. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've not had that this week, but I was really happy with my overall cast. I was, I love my cast for this. I think Carell and Paula as the, I mean, they do so much together anyway, but I see them t- as Clark and Ellen is a really nice fit. Knoxville so out there. Lies, I, I mean, I just, I was so chuffed at the end of the film because I had them all straight away <laughs> and I, I could see them all doing it. I mean, I started off great on this one with Danny DeVito and then it would just knock after knock. I'd given up by Carell. I thought you were going to cry. I feel a bit hot behind the eyes, actually, now. (laughs) Well, there you go, guys. That's another episode done. That's episode 10, double figures. Two left in this series. Two more Christmas specials coming up for you. Thanks so much for (laughs) listening. Please do like and subscribe and tell your friends about it. Just be like... Oh, it's three idiots and this guy always picks them really well. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. I've never described myself as that. And uh, keep your eye on at Fantasy Reboot for the votes. And I think that's about it, right? Yeah. 
We'll see you next time. Merry Christmas. Happy December. Hope you've got your tree up. Enjoy your chocolates. Love you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Fantasy Reboot Podcast with Simon Smedley, Laura Smedley, Roger Pryor and Leo Kirby. Editing and production was by Simon Smedley and Roger Pryor and music was by Simon Smedley. Email us at fantasyreboot at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Reboot for all the latest news, information on where you can get involved and regular votes so you can have your say on our choices and add your own. Have a great week. Watch some films and fantasise, but not too much. I was sad to see him in it because it was such a great film, but then he was good in it. And the bit that he does at the end... I was sad to see him in it. Yeah, because he gets on my <laughs> f***ing tits. I'll tell you what, the new Jumanjis, which I've watched, obviously, because I've got yeah. kids. Yeah. The new Jumanjis are like a conglomerate of the biggest b- in Hollywood. I know. That little f- what's his name? Kevin the Rock. Hart. He's not little. Not The Rock. The other one. <laughs> Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. <laughs> f- Every film he's in gets on my nerves. Kevin Hart's a chance. Of Jack offered, Black's good though. Air off a Doctor Who shouldn't be in Hollywood yet. She's oh, not right she's, for Hollywood. She's Gilly, bad. Gillian, um, you like Jack Black gets yeah, around me tits. Like the Rock. Oh, chill out. No, man. I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. No. What's up with you? And I, I have some old wine. It's Christmas. You argue at Christmas. <laughs> I feel like you're not in the Christmas spirit anymore. Do you want to take your Christmas jumper off? Is that going to, you know, help? Come on, banter claws. Get back in the room. (laughs) Okay. I wish we'd done Elf now. (laughs) (laughs) Johnny Knoxville for that. (laughs) All right. Idiots. I've gone hot. Do you want to put a jumper on? Um... It's the fire. The fireplace is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have put my chestnuts on it.